and it's uh, quite amazing to see how the lord is doing very much uh, mighty things in india and we are excited to go back uh, actually on may 4th is my graduation and lord willing we want to leave on may 26th to go back to india uh, to dedicate that building and then start the ministry uh, it's quite amazing how um, uh, and i appreciate you all for praying for us and your partnership which means a lot to us uh, you've been partnering with us for almost over a year and it's quite amazing to see how the lord is doing the things and um, uh, as you saw like uh, sometimes it's like overwhelming because back in the year 2001 when god called me for the ministry it was through the call of Ezra 7:10 now normally when you look at the bible stories you know who david is who saul is or who the great uh, uh, maybe people but when you suddenly you know who Ezra is i did not know who Ezra was honestly at that time and i did not know how Ezra's call is going to be fulfilled in my life at all but it was simple faith that i put believing that this is what god has placed on my life i don't know the details i don't know how god is going to fulfill and uh, if you remember last time i shared uh, i left my job and business and everything and my dad told to go out of the house so back in the year 2001 i had 50 dollars pocket money and i had just one guitar and one bedding that's all and not knowing the details and not knowing how god is going to fulfill this i just stepped out of the house by faith that the lord will take care of everything and now probably after 11 years when i look back i could see probably in 2001 i did not understand who ezra was and what his call was but now i knew how god is going to fulfill that in my life isn't it quite amazing now ezra he determined to study the law of the lord and to teach to his own people in a nutshell that was his calling now god has really used us for 5 years back in india and god brought me to piedmont in 2006 i completed my masters program and i completed my phd program and now god is taking me back to teach to my own people the word of god that's what the call of ezra is and it's quite amazing we don't need to know the details how god is going to fulfill and we don't need to worry about how to place our lives in the hands of god you know many times we trust so many things and so many people and we try to entrust everything in the hands of the people or probably uh, putting our security in a bank investment or in a house or something like that but we don't try to invest ourselves into the hands of god and see what god can do and it's quite amazing when i look back i could understand how the lord has been so gracious and really the redeemer is truly faithful and he has been uh, so much uh, graceful towards us all through these years preparing us and now taking back to our own people and uh, it's quite amazing we did not see the land and we did not see the building also now when we go back we are going to see the land and the building for the first time in our lives and only god can do that and it's almost like uh, uh, we are completing that building and um, probably we are trying to dedicate that building in the month of june so june 28th 29th and 30th 
we wanted to have three days gospel evenings and during those gospel evenings we wanted to dedicate this building and we want to start our first church service on July 1st which would be the first Sunday of July so everything is like uh, planned but we want to put that plan in the hands of God and see how he does so we don't know how things are going to work but we know this for sure that God has called us to do this and we are going ahead and God is really bringing everything together so I request you to continue to pray for us and we want to see a great ministry coming up in India and we want to reach our people how many uh, have already formulated vision 2025 for our ministries and our basic call as you have seen is to preach the word of God to our people so I put the name of the ministries is vision word India so we win that is the shortcut we win ministries so we want to win the people for the Lord so that is vision word India so whenever you remember us just remember how the Lord is going to do things and uh, please continue as the teams are also planning to come for the dedication please pray for the safety of the teams coming from here uh, to the dedication process there and uh, for my graduation on May 4th uh, the Lord really helped us so many things in that process also and uh, this morning I wanted to share a few thoughts from the book, book of AGI now you come from Eastern Standard Time but we come from Indian Stretchable Time you know that IST you come from EST we come from IST Indians they don't care time at all you know we don't go by the time we go by the event we are event oriented not time oriented we don't care time at all for us time is not a matter at all if you say the church is at 9 o'clock people will start from their homes at 9 o'clock and they'll come at 10 o'clock so they'll hear the singing and when the singing starts they'll start from their homes so that's how we are so they'll come and they'll not go back they'll just sit there <laughs> however long so we can have sessions as long as we can we can preach for one and a half two hours they don't care at all <laughs> so the pastor said if you preach long you'll be at home here but I don't want to do that this morning <laughs> I still want to go by Eastern Standard Time okay don't worry about that <laughs> I want to share a few thoughts from the book of Haggai chapter 1. May I request you to stand as we read the word of God to honor the word. The book of Haggai chapter 1. Now it's quite interesting how Haggai was the first prophet after the Jews they returned from the exile. So he was the first prophet who prophesied after the Jews returning from exile. And he preaches actually four sermons. In this small book of two chapters. But I am going to preach only the first two sermons this morning. And probably the pastor can preach some other time the next two sermons. <laughs> so, uh, because for the lack of time I want to just concentrate on the first two sermons. What Haggai had preached. The book of Haggai chapter 1 starting from verse 4. Or even starting from verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you, O you, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. 
and he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes thus saith the lord of hosts consider your ways go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house and i will take pleasure in it and i will be glorified saith the lord and then in the chapter 2 starting from verse 4 the word of god says like this at now be strong o jerubabel saith the lord and be strong o joshua son of josedek the high priest and be strong all ye people of the land saith the lord and work for i am with you saith the lord of hosts according to the word that i covenanted with you when ye came out of egypt so my spirit remaineth among you fear ye not for thus saith the lord of hosts at once it is a little while and i will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and i will shake all the nations and the desire of all nations shall come and i will fill this house with glory said the lord of hosts the silver is mine and the gold is mine said the lord of hosts the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former said the lord of hosts and in this place will i give peace said the lord of hosts father thank you lord for this morning that you have given to us lord as we prepare our hearts to listen to you we pray that you speak to each one of us because your word has the power to transform our lives lord we want that to happen in our lives and we thank you for this church and lord for their partnership with us to reach india with the gospel lord we pray that you bless the ministries here and lord that this church may be a light in this neighborhood that many people may come to know you as a true savior and lord through the influence worldwide we pray that your gospel may be preached with truth and power throughout the world wherever the church has been partnering and lord we pray for your time lord that you bless this time together bless this time of fellowship in jesus name we pray amen please be seated now here we see how the lord has covenanted with abraham in the first place in the book of genesis when he said i am going to bless you and through you i am going to bring up a nation when abraham he still did not have even a son of his own it's quite interesting how god works now god does not give a blueprint of the life at all He doesn't say this morning you are going to do this this tomorrow you are going to do this and next month you are going to die. He doesn't say that. If he says that we'll die today because of fear and anxiety. God does not work that way. God always works by faith. Now he wants us to operate by faith. Putting faith and trust in him is to put everything in his hands and say lord this is not my life this is your life and i want you to do whatever you want in this life it's not me taking my life which i assume is not our life at all now we did not earn this life it is god who graciously gave this life to us 
and therefore each morning when we get up our attitude should be Lord thank you for this life that you have given to me and now I want to live this life which you have given for your glory and for your honor because one day I am going to stand before you and I am going to give an account for the way in which I lived because you gave me this life I did not earn this life And God always operates by faith. Now God called Abraham an individual when he did not have a son of his own. And God gave a promise to Abraham. And we understand throughout the word of God that God was always faithful to his promise. Maybe timing may not be the same which we think. In fact Abraham did not see in his lifetime the promise being fulfilled. But we find out later that the promise has been fulfilled. And God brought out a nation through the seed of Abraham. And God made it a mighty nation. Maybe not in size or not in strength or not in valor. But the uniqueness they had was they were the people of God. And the glory of the Lord moved along with them. Probably today we, when we sit back and we think, we wonder how the glory of the Lord moved along with them. How we wish we could see that. How we wish the Shekinah glory of Lord dwelling on the tabernacle. How we wish we could see the Shekinah glory of the Lord dwelling on the Solomon's temple which Solomon had built. How we wish that we could see the miracles of the Lord with our own eyes. But God put us in a different generation. We thank God for that. It's quite amazing how God operated. And God brought this nation. And God said, I want to be with you. I will be with you. But you have to trust and obey me. You have to follow my simple instructions. You have to follow my commandments. As a generation then and today, we don't want to follow instructions. You see, for that matter, who cares to read the instructions? We want to straight away dig into the equipment. We don't want to read the instructions. Probably after we mess up with sometimes, then we get enlightened to go back and see the instruction manual. But we don't care even to read the instructions at all. We just try to dig in and we want to do it something without even see the instruction manual. And same is true even with our lives. God has given always a clear direction in his word of God. God has given the clear commandments in the word of God. But we don't want to follow the instructions. Because we want to be independent. I want you to understand. In this whole universe, only God can be independent. You know that? We can never be independent. Because God did not create us to be independent. God has created us to be a community depending on one another, strengthening each other, encouraging one another, praying for one another. We are created as a community to be together but not a lonely man who is independent who doesn't want to mix with anybody. God did not create us that way. And always life will be smooth when we listen the instructions of the word of God. 
But we want to make the life tough by disobeying the word of the Lord. How smooth it would be, how great it would be if we live each day living to please the will of the Father. And God said, if you obey me, I will be with you. But the children of Israel, they disobeyed the Lord. And therefore God had to chasten them. God had to discipline them. And therefore God sent them into exile. They were in exile for almost 70 years. Now they were, they came back under the leadership of Ezra, Nehemiah and Jerubabel. Now after they came back from, according to the decree of Cyrus, the generation which came back, they laid the foundation of the temple. And for almost 20 years, they did nothing. Because the times were tough. The situation was very tough. Opposition was coming to the work of the temple. And therefore they thought, this is not the time we build the house of the Lord. So we sit back and let us build our own houses. God is never against us building our own houses. God is not against us when we do the things pertaining to our life. But God is always concerned to make sure what our priorities are. Now is our priority to the house of the Lord or is our priority to our own houses? How many times we see in chapter 1 the word house being repeated? The problem here is, the problem is not the house which is a problem. The problem is the people who are concerned about the wrong house. When the house of the Lord is laying waste in desolation, why are you concerned about building your own houses with cedar? When this house of the Lord is lying in waste. And God says, consider your ways. Consider your ways. What is important in life? What is important in life? Where are our priorities in life? Somehow, it is time for us to come back to the basics. Come back to the basics. Come back to the basics. Consider your ways. Now we are this generation very much living in the generation of iPhones, touchpad, touchscreen, touchscreen, everything touchscreen. We got so much used to the touchscreen that one day when I went to Pennsylvania last week, I was standing there at the gas station and I am pressing the screen of the gas pump. (laughs) After a few minutes I realized this is the gas station This is not a touch screen. You need to press the button or the screen. (laughs) Come back to the basics. We forgot the buttons anymore. Even you are using the touch screen. For some things the touch screen doesn't work. You have to come back to the button and press the button for things to work. In our life, we need to always understand. Come back to the basics. And God says, consider your ways. Where are you heading to? What is your priority in life? 
is my priority in my life is to please my own self and to be happy about my own self and to look about all the possibilities in order to make myself happy or is my priority to please God and him alone and Hagia he comes out he says you laid the foundation of the temple and now you stand there doing nothing because some problem came some opposition came opposition always comes that doesn't mean that you sit back and relax and take care of your own things you need to understand every day we had to be involved in what God has called us to do it's not time to sit back and relax and build your own houses be concerned about your own self it's time to put yourself behind and consider the ways of the Lord that's what Hagia is saying We are living in this generation which is very much obsessed with self. With self. I hear a lot of times people saying, especially the young generation, I want to do my thing. You heard that phrase? I don't know what the thing is. They always say, I want to do my thing. I want to do my thing. What is your thing? You don't have anything. You have to do the thing which God has called you to do. It's not your own thing. Put the thing behind and do the thing of the Lord. Okay? I don't want to preach a sermon on the thing. Okay? Even though it's very much rhythmatic. Okay? We are living in this generation which is very much obsessed with self. You go to a coffee house, you find thousand different varieties of coffees to drink it. Sometimes you never know what to drink because of so much variety. Choice. We are so much obsessed with coffee. Maybe someday God may say, stop drinking coffee. I hope he does not. (laughs) If we are so much obsessed with coffee, God may say, stop drinking coffee. You remember those days we used to have only one channel in television? When I was a kid, I had, we had to watch only one channel. Now you sit before a television. 500 different channels. Nothing worth watching. <laughs> Sitting there just changing the channels, changing the channels. I sometimes count in one minute how many times you change the channel. Did you ever count how many times you change the channel in one minute? It's time. To stop thinking about your own self. You go to a restaurant. Yesterday we went to a good golden coral buffet. You see, always good fellowship with the food. There are probably hundreds of varieties of the buffet items. I always, ima- when I go there, I understand. I can't eat them all. But why should, have I, why should I have them all there? You see, probably I, I'll, I'll eat four or five items to fill my stomach and the rest of them I'll see to fill my appetite. You see, the generation living to please our own self. And God says, Hey, I says, consider your ways. We are living... When they made a research, the three major industries today 
which are very much is the beauty, the food and the toys. You know even toys can become celebrities here. Even toys can become celebrities. You can't anymore go to a toy store and pick up a, a car because that car has become a celebrity because it was a hero in Cars 2 or Cars 1. Everything, everything which is very much focused on pleasing our own self. I was reading that article, it says, we started to celebrate the humanization of pets. People are increasingly kissing their dogs. So they stock up on the doggy mouthwash. Owners are sleeping with their animals more. So they invest in good flea medications. We have humanized the pets to the point that we want the pets to have the same food, same clothes, same beds and even the health care as us. On the market now for pets are braces, orthopedic beds, strollers, car seats. Pet toy gyms, doggy hotels with HD television and a flight on pet airways. A new airline devoted to furry pop. It says passengers, P-A-W-S-E-N-G-E-R. It's not P-A-S-S. Passengers, the animals which have passed. Where are we going? Where are we going? And now Hegia, he comes and says, consider your ways. It's time to consider where we are going. Where we are going. Now when we look into the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, before he went to the cross, he had to go through three different experiences in his life. And I want you to point to those three experiences to understand that we are not called to please our own self but we are here to please the will of the Father. We have to surrender ourselves to the Lord. We do not. We are not here to please ourselves, but we need to surrender ourselves in order that the God will take care of our own selves. Jesus, before crucifixion, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and the experience that he had in the Garden of Gethsemane was this: he knew for sure that he came to die for the people. He knew for sure that he came to die for the sins of the people. But before he was going to the cross, knowing that he is going to die, he still prays, Lord, at not my will, Father, but I want your will to happen in my life. When the very Son of God was praying there, with blood coming out as sweat, because he was very much anxious, Knowing about his own death for the sins of the people. And he was praying there, Lord, at not my will, but you will be done. Lord, it's not myself. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about living for myself. It's about living for you. It's not about me and my life. It's about you and your life. Lord, take this life and make this life be an offering unto you. And then Christ, he came to the place of Gabbatha. When, P- when Pilate, he was standing before Pilate. Pilate brought Jesus Christ to that place. And that's where he gave the verdict about crucifixion. Where the very son of God, 
who has created everything by the word of his mouth he was standing there not that he had no power to stop the whole scenario going on there but for you and me he was standing there experiencing all the shame and rejection the very lamb of god who came at the time of the great passover and the people there standing not recognizing the very lamb of god who came to offer himself at the time of passover for the sins of the people and that day is going to put the stop anything for the sacrifices because there is no need for the sacrifices because the lamb of god is being offered as a sacrifice and then finally christ was crucified on golgotha my friends there is no crown without the cross unless we put ourselves behind we cannot see god's work happen in our life and hegai this morning he says consider your ways and now after he preached his sermon after one month hegai he comes back and now he preaches a second sermon saying be strong o jerubabel be strong o joshua be strong the people of israel because here came the situation the generation who came back from exile they saw the glory of the past temple and they could see the shekina glory of the lord which was true on the past temple which solomon had built on the great day when solomon had dedicated the temple the glory and majesty of that temple when compared to this new temple which they are going to build is not compared at all and therefore this generation who came back from the exile they were looking into the glory of the past temple the moment the children of exile children of israel they went into exile the shekina glory of the lord lifted up from the temple and now they are seeing this new temple and when they saw this new temple in its size or in its glory or in its majesty it's not compared to the old temple which solomon had built and therefore people were discouraged and people did not know what to do people they were very much discouraged and depressed and at that time hegai he comes and he again preaches the second sermon saying be strong people I know things have changed. I know times have changed. I know circumstances have changed. Circumstances are not the same as before. Times are not the same as before. But God is the same unchanging God. You see the beauty of human life is this. Every day will not be the same. Some days are tough. Some days are hard to live. Many times we go through the circumstances in life where we think oh lord i can't take it anymore i am very much discouraged and depressed because of this situation i am facing but i want to remind you and hegai reminds be strong o people of israel your strength is not in your accomplishment your strength is not in your numbers your strength is not what you are going to perform your strength is in the lord who brought you thus far when you look back you recognize how god had done the mighty miracles and he redeemed you from the land of egypt 
God was with you through the time of wilderness. God was with you when you settled as a nation. God was with you until you went into the exile. And God is with you. Now you came back from the exile. God is with you. No matter what the circumstances that we are going through. I know some are tough. Some are hard. But nothing is beyond the hands of God. You know, one of the attributes of our God is, our God is sovereign. Our God is sovereign. That means, absolutely, there is nothing impossible for God at all. He can do whatever He can. For there is nothing in this world which seems impossible for God. Maybe the situation may go out of your hands. Maybe the situation may be uncontrollable for you. But no situation, nothing is out of the hands of God. So this morning we stood there, relaxed knowing that nothing is impossible to God. Because our God is absolutely sovereign. Back in Indian mythology, in the Hindu mythology, there is a story where one man, he, he makes a big uh, puja or yagam, which they say in India, a, a type of ritual to please God. So he makes that very serious. And one day the God appears to him and he says, Oh man, what is your desire? What is your boon? And this man he says, Lord, on whosoever I lay my hands, he should turn into ashes. And this God, without thinking anything, he said, so be it. And now they started a running race. The God is running before and this man is running after to lay his hands on God so that he can become God. And so to this God, another God had to come in rescue to this God because this man was running behind the God. But my friend, the God of the Bible is not like that. He is not in control. There is no situation on which he doesn't have any control at all. Our God is absolutely sovereign. He can do whatever he pleases. No matter how problematic your circumstance may be. No matter how much discouraged you are in your life at this juncture. Our God is able. He had done in the past great things in our life. He is continuing to do great things in our life in the present. And into the future, He is going to do great things in our life. So don't get discouraged. And now Hegia, He says, Be strong, O people of Israel. Because your strength is not in your accomplishment. Your strength is not in your numbers. Your strength is in God. I always marvel when I see how God led the people of Israel. There were four different places which the people of Israel they went through. And probably we are also probably in one of those four places right now in our journey. So I want you to remind in which place you are. The first place which was very much major in the life of the people of Israel was the place of Egypt. Now Egypt was bondage. Egypt was slavery. And there the people of Israel were crying for deliverance. And when God called Moses, 
the word of God says that he heard the cries of the people of Israel and hearing their cry the Lord sent the deliverer in the form of Moses and now the generation they were redeemed from the land of Egypt from their bondage and from their slavery through the shedding of the blood on the great day of Passover and they were redeemed by the blood from the land of Egypt my friends this morning I want to tell you if you are continuing in sin I don't know what that sin is in your life what that sin is holding you captive so that you cannot have a meaningful communication or relationship or fellowship with the Lord whatever sin is holding you you are in bondage to that sin you don't need to be in the bondage anymore because there is shed blood on the cross of Calvary and that shed blood is available to you so that you can be redeemed from that slavery and this morning I urge you if you are still in your life you want to please your own self you want to live for your own self if you want to live in that sin still you are in bondage and you are in slavery there is already a solution available to you unless you cling to that and if you want to cling to that this morning if you want to hold on to the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ you can be redeemed from slavery and then the people of children of Israel they came into the wilderness now they were seeing the very presence of God going with them they could this generation they saw how God delivered them through the mighty miracles in the land of Egypt the so many plagues and how God did various miracles in order to redeem them they could see before their eyes the red sea being parted which was the greatest miracle in the word of God they could see the Shekinah glory of the Lord moving along with them as a pillar of cloud in the morning and as a fire in the night they were going they were witnessing how God was real to that people but still they could not forget the Egypt anymore they were moving with the people of God they were witnessing all the miracles but still they were not forgetting the Egypt they were always looking back into Egypt and therefore God had to deal with the generation which I call the carnal Christians this morning we go to church we sing songs we offer our tithes and offerings we become a member in the Baptist church or whatsoever church but still we want to hold on to the world also in our life you see my friends Christian life does not work that way you can either hold on to God and to him alone or you can hold on to the world and live with the world you can't hold God in one hand and world in the other hand at all you have to live one or the other you can't go with both together living happily we can't do that if this morning if you want to live for the Lord live for the Lord if you want to live for the world the choice is yours either way heaven is your choice or even hell is your choice God does not force you into that God does not force you 
either way it's your choice you either hold to the world or hold to god you can't have both of them in your hands do you know what those people of israel who hold it both to the world and then to god they perished in wilderness they could not see the land of promise they walked for 40 years but they could not enter into the land of canaan because they were always remembering egypt and the third place was the land of canaan i hope that place will be your place this morning you see now a new generation of israel they came forward they were not anymore looking backwards into egypt but they were looking forward their sight was not on egypt but their sight was on on the land of canaan they were going by faith there was war there was struggle there were battles but they were coming victorious because they were not looking back but they was looking forward to hold that land of canaan they were in conquest and now the people of israel they came into exile our god is a loving god i don't want you to be in exile where god chases and disciplines because our of our willful disobedience but still our god is a loving god even though we go far away from god he is loving us so much that he wants to discipline us to bring bring us back to him so which way are you in this morning consider your ways consider your way where are you in your walk with the lord are you still in egypt you have a solution of the shed blood of the lord jesus christ are you in wilderness holding to the world again and again mind you one day you are going to perish you can't have both in at the same time are you going ahead to canaan where in spite of all the struggles that we have in spite of all the battles that we are going through we still have the presence of god with us and we can come out victorious maybe the day seems that we may not be victorious but it's not like that we are going to come victorious one day and one day when we see the blessed lord of lord jesus christ in his glorious appearing in the twinkling of an eye we will be just like him and on that day we are going to put full stop to everything there is not any more sorrows there is not any more sickness there is not any more pain everything is going back because we are going to be exactly like him but in this world we have a promise and that's how here god says be strong o jerubabel the promise is i want to be with you i know the things are getting tough but the promise is i can be with you the morrissey writes like this russia elevates the bear to be its animal britain elevates the lion france elevates the tiger the united states elevates the spread eagle all of them are ravenous it's only the kingdom of heaven that would dare to use as its symbol of might not the lion which john was looking for but a helpless lamb and that too is slain one you understand the mightiness of the kingdom of god is projected not by a mighty animal 
but by helpless lamb that to a slain one. And he continues to write like this, that this one who rules, he has never been, he has never been an unloving tyrant. He has never been a wicked beast. He has never gobbled up nations or trampled them down with iron shoes. No one on the judgment day will ever be able to stand there and excuse themselves for not surrendering to him because they found something wrong with Christ. He has been kind. He has been gentle. He has been loving. He has waited for you And he has waited for you He has called out to you He has given you rain He has given you sunshine He has put the clothes on your back He has put the breath in your mouth And the beats of your heart All come from him And on the day of judgment All of creation will stand against you And they will applaud When the verdict is read With regard to your condemnation Because you rejected Someone so good My friends, what is the fault that you are finding with Christ that you don't want to surrender your life to Christ and walk with Him? Are you thinking the world is better than Christ? Are you thinking, is it worth to live for the world which is going to perish? What is the fault that you are finding with Christ that you don't want to surrender your life to Him and walk with Him? Consider your ways. I request the pastor to conclude his prayer.